episode 12. We're fancy like eggs. One dozen. Hey everybody, Kaylin Chenoweth here. Episode 12 with Starting Sustainability. I want to welcome everybody back. I hope you had a wonderful past week. I just want to, for today, kind of go over a whole bunch of things that have been going on. I couldn't really structure it into a a very well thought out episode. So we're just going to call it a little hodgepodge of what's going on in Kaylin's world. Because a lot has been going on and I just, I want to share everything with you that I've been discovering and learning. I do want to make a quick disclaimer that this is a one-woman show. I'm on my own when it comes to researching the content, recording it, editing it, submitting the podcast, updating the website, also writing the show notes, which I know that I could use improvement on that. Writing is really not my strength. (laughs) I'm doing it to help you out, but (laughs) it's not my best forte, and I understand that. I'm better at the podcasting part. I do aim for a weekly show, However, I want you to know I still have a full-time job with a two-hour commute round trip. I still have a husband and a kid. Sometimes I'm going to be late getting this podcast out, especially when we have family vacations, illnesses, other things going on. And I know everybody looks forward to it. I just want to explain why sometimes it's late coming out. I'm going to do my best to make episodes in advance, so hopefully this doesn't happen again. Okay, so let's move along. I want to give a shout out to all my fellow Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a public speaking group that I joined to help give a better delivery to my audience. So they are working with me when it comes to giving well thought out ideas, attention getters, not saying words like, um, you know, like, stuff like that. So I've been going to visit them I aim for, the meetings are once a week, but sometimes I might only make it once or twice a month. It just depends on what's going on with my schedule. All right, next up, I told you this is going to kind of be a mix today. Last time I really spoke with you guys, I had mentioned that I hadn't shaved my legs yet and that I was waiting for all the ingredients for this zero waste shaving cream. I, I was able to get the aloe vera gel and the coconut oil, but I was not able to get shea butter anywhere in the store. So I had a special order off of Amazon. That's the only place that I could get it to do the special zero waste shaving cream. So I did finally get all three ingredients together, and then I had to wait until the weekend, and I'll explain why. You have to take a double broiler, and then you melt the shea butter and the coconut oil and the aloe vera. You have to melt it all together, and that took a long time because it is a double boiler, which is basically one pot inside of another pot. You have a pot of water, and then you have another pot inside of that, and that's where you melt everything. The reason they do that is so you don't burn the ingredients. That way they melt evenly and they don't burn. So that took a long time to melt all of that. Then you have to put it in a container and stick it in the fridge and cool it down. That also took a long time. (laughs) You're supposed to wait until it is completely solidified. I think I waited until it was 95% solidified, and I waited about an hour, actually a little bit more than an hour. And I thought, that's good enough. I'm in a hurry. I've got things to do. It was a Saturday. And I really didn't want to spend my entire Saturday trying to make shaving cream. I wanted to get other things done, like laundry and grocery shop and all that other good stuff. I took the zero-waste shave cream that had now cooled off and become a hard solid, put that in a mixing bowl, took a hand mixer, took a hand 
mixer and blended it up. You're supposed to do it for three to five minutes. I did it about five minutes. I did it for a long time. And it's supposed to turn into a whipped cream, a whipped creamy texture. And it did not. It was very thick. It was not fluffy. But I was really excited to try it anyways. So I went upstairs and went to our bathroom, got my legs wet, rubbed this shaving cream on my legs. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes because it really wasn't shaving cream. Put it on my legs. It was thick and it was greasy. (laughs) I used the razor. I did one stroke and the whole razor was clogged. I had to, I spent more time rinsing the razor, trying to get this stuff. It just kept clogging the razor over and over. And when it was done, my legs, it was, it was really not good. This is, this was a bad idea. (laughs) This was a bad project. Those three, so instead of going to store and buying one can of shaving cream, which I know is wasteful, I now bought three containers, the coconut oil, the aloe, and the shea butter, and they all came in a plastic container. They were all recyclable, so thumbs up on that. But it was still three items that I had to purchase instead of one. If those don't make it to the recycling, that's three possible waste items if you have, if you're not a strong recycler. And then it took a very long time to prep the shaving cream, to make it and to prep it. And to me, to me, it just really wasn't worth it. So I'm still on the lookout for a zero waste shaving cream. If you know of one, please let me know because I'm, I'm very low on my own personal shaving cream and I'm trying to figure out what else I can use. I have read that you could just use coconut oil. I have not tried that yet. Maybe I'll, maybe that'll be my next experiment of just the coconut oil. But yes, if, if you do know of something, please let me know and I'll be happy to test it out and share it with everybody else on the podcast. Another item that I found out that I just wanted to share with you, I didn't know how to incorporate this anywhere. That's why we're doing this hodgepodge. Did you know on a box of a disposable diapers, there are instructions that says you're supposed to shake out the poo into the toilet before you throw away the disposable diaper? That is for real. I told you when I went away on vacation, my husband went and bought a box of disposable diapers because we do cloth diapers here and he didn't even want to give it a shot. He just went and bought, bought a box of disposable diapers. And I was looking at the box and on there were instructions. After you change your baby, you're supposed to dump the soil into the toilet and then throw away the diaper. I bet you nobody does this. Nobody at all does this. And those instructions, by the way, were on the bottom of the box. Not even easy to find. Another experiment that I wanted to relate to you guys on, I told you before about the floss. I ran out of floss, so I tried the cotton thread because I had found that you can do that when you don't have floss. And it was all a terrible experiment. None of it, none of the thread worked. I did do more research and I found a product called Dental Lace. So I ordered that and it came in off of Amazon and I tested it out. It comes in a little glass jar with a metal screw top lid and the lace, the dental floss or dental lace on the inside is made from mulberry silk. And I was a little hesitant because I didn't know how well it was going to work. The reviews were not all five-star reviews, therefore I was a little hesitant, but I've tested it out. It has not broken on me at all. And that was what some of the reviews were saying, that it breaks. It didn't break. It hasn't broken at all. I've been using it for a couple weeks now. I'm very happy with the product. And it came with a little refill container and the, all of the packaging itself is recyclable, compostable. It comes in a little cardboard box and everything. It's very cute, by the way, too. has little swirly designs on it. 
Another activity that I did that I wanted to share with everybody, I went with a coworker to the county fair. <laughs> My husband got stuck working that Saturday, so I went with a coworker and we went to the county fair. While we were at the county fair walking around, they have a 4-H section. I don't know if everybody has 4-H, but it's a club or a group that elementary high school kids join and they do different projects. And they work on these projects all year round. And then in time for the fair, that's when they display their projects and show them off. They had a recycling category of their projects. And these kids were really creative. I saw a waste basket, like a small one that you would have in your office or in your trash can, a small waste basket. And they made it out of the lids of water bottles. I thought that was a really cool idea. That's one thing that you can do with all those water bottles. Another person took an old dresser drawer and turned it into a caddy for a dinner table. So they had the drawer and then they put little dividers in it. They had an area with the plates and the cups, another area with the napkins. They even had tin cans that were leftover food cans. And they painted them up, put little twine around it and decorated them. And they had the utensils, forks, knives, spoons in on those cans. Another thing that I noticed around, we, when we were at the 4-H fair, there are different buildings, and there was one called the McDonald Barn, and it's the building that has all the little baby animals, so all the kids like to go there. So I took my son in through McDonald Barn, and they had a big sustainable focus in there. They even had recycling facts on the floor, so as you were walking through the exhibits, you're passing over these recycling facts. It's pretty cool. Some of them... One of them said, recycling one ton of cardboard saves 46 gallons of oil. And you stroll along over to the baby ducks. And there was another one on the ground that said, making glass out of recycled material cuts water pollution by 50%. Awesome. And then you keep going around the barn. You come over by the baby pigs. And it says, recycling one glass jar saves enough energy to power an 11 watt bulb for 20 hours. And then you go around and you see <laughs> the next little group of baby goats. And it says, if all of our newspapers were recycled, we could save around 250 million trees a year. So these, these are all very cool to see around the barn. My own personal note, you could just go digital and that would at least stop all of the newspapers from coming in. Although you do get that weekly flyer. We don't have a newspaper subscription, but we still get that dang weekly flyer. So just focus on recycling that, and you're still going to save trees. But if you are a news person, aim for digital. That's just my own note. I just thought it'd be really cool to talk about what was going on at the county and state fair that they were putting in these efforts. Although I do wish they had a stronger focus on sustainability. As I walked around the county fair, there were not any recycling bins anywhere. So they had this whole barn in this big sustainable educational area but no recycling bins. And then all of the food vendors that were there were still using styrofoam. How about we have the food vendors use recyclable or compostable materials instead? All these would help. I know I'm not in charge of planning the county fair, but if you or someone you know does, maybe you could whisper that in their ear. That way the next time around, we can make it a little bit more sustainable. A couple episodes ago, I had mentioned, I think it was episode 10, about being a sustainable parent. In there, I talked about different kids' toys. I just wanted to follow up because, of course, you know, after I produce this, then I think, oh, I should have added this. Oh, I should have talked about that. This is my chance since I'm doing a whole mix match of things. 
when it comes to kids' toys, if you need to get new toys, at least just avoid plastic. Because when plastic breaks, you really can't repair it. It really cannot be recycled, and it's hard to repurpose it because it's usually designed for one purpose. So if you have to get new toys, aim for wood, metal, or cloth type toys. That way they last longer, they're better for the environment, and you can usually repurpose them and fix them on your own, or at least to find a way to reuse them. Another thing that I thought about, we actually scheduled a trip to the beach. We ended up having to cancel last minute, so (laughs) this whole summer we never actually made it to the beach, which is a bummer, but that's okay. If you're going to go to the beach, I know we're at the we're at the tail end of summer, early fall, so it's a little bit late. But hey, for those of you who are in Australia or New Zealand or the other side of the world where you're starting to get warmer weather because we're getting colder weather here, anybody who's going to the beach, instead of getting a plastic bucket or a plastic shovel, we have them for $1 at our dollar store here. But once they break, they're done. You can always go for a metal bucket and a metal spoon or metal gardening tools, you can use these instead of the plastic ones because the metal's going to last a lot longer and in the end, it will compost. I wanted to touch base about my Facebook group. We've been doing a lot of things on there. I've seen a lot of people joining in, so I'm glad that it's, I'm glad that it's working and that people are using it as a resource to, to share what they've been doing and to get ideas on things that they can do in the future. Recently, I posted a few videos on reducing food waste, and I had some milk that went sour. Now, it wasn't spoiled. It was just kind of going sour. And I, on those videos, I had mentioned how you can take sour milk and turn it into cottage cheese. And I thought, great, woohoo, here's my opportunity. Let's give this a try. I'm going to take this milk and turn it into cottage cheese. I love cottage cheese. So this was a win-win for me. I followed the instructions on the video. And it sort of worked. I was able to get the milk to curdle and separate into curds. However, the next step then was to mix it into heavy cream. And I didn't actually have any heavy cream. And I was like, oh, so I need to go to the store and go buy heavy cream just for this. But I decided, let me just do a taste test first. And I'm glad that I did. Because I did the taste test and I could still taste the spoiled milk. So even by adding the heavy cream, it would not have, it might have masked that a little bit. If you're going to make cottage cheese like from scratch at home, you're supposed to use fresh milk. This was just a way to use up the milk that's going to go bad. You're not going to be able to drink it all in time. But I could still taste the sourness. So to me, that one was a fail. It didn't really work. Then on top of that, I made it and it's only good for seven days. And of course, I had to travel for work. (laughs) I've actually had to travel for work a lot the last couple of weeks, which has been quite a toll on me and my family emotionally and physically and for this podcast too because I wasn't able to work as much on this podcast and on my Facebook group and on my website either because when I travel for work it's a long day we're we're traveling for most of the week and we're doing 12 13 hour days easily anyways I had to travel for work so by the time I came back the cottage cheese was no good at all because it already started off spoiled. <laughs> so fresh one last seven days. When it starts off already spoiled, you only got a couple of days and I was gone. So when I came back, it was pretty bad. I just threw it away, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I pretty much threw it away. <laughs> Normally I give my food scraps to my dog, but I wasn't, I didn't want to get him sick. So we just tossed it away. Something that happened a couple of weeks ago was Labor Day. 
and we did go up and hang out with my family for Labor Day, and I was, I'm chuckling a little bit, and this is why I'm sharing it with you. I was talking with my family, and of course, when it's your family, they're the last ones to support anything that you do. You always think, if I'm going to go off on this, you know, business adventure, or whatever it might be, that my friends and family are going to support me, and and they don't. It's everybody else supports you. And once you've proven that you've got something awesome going on, then they will start to follow. So far, I have one sister who's following. Nobody else is following in my family. And I have a huge family. And they were talking about recycling and how much of a pain in the butt it is. And one sister had mentioned, I sort it all out. And then I saw the trash truck come and pick up my recycling and dump it in with the garbage. So I'm not recycling anymore. And then another sister spoke up and said, we did a tour of the garbage facility for one of her kids' field trips, and she had mentioned they sort it there at the garbage facility. So why should I recycle if they have people there who are sorting the recycling? So I'm a little irked at this point, and I spoke up, and I mentioned sometimes the garbage and the recycling are from the same company, and they'll have two bins in the same truck. So your trash will go in the trash bin, which might be on the right side or the left side or the front side or the back side of the truck, and the recycling will go into a different side of the truck. So don't get frustrated if you see the garbage pick up your recycling. And then I mentioned to my other sister who said that the people at the field facility sort it anyways, so why should I bother at home? And I just thought to myself, why would you purposefully make somebody's job harder? You know, if you're if you're at work or your kids are at school, you have janitors or maintenance people who come and clean, right? But you don't purposefully leave trash all over the floor. And if your child leaves trash on the ground, you're going to tell them pick it up and put it in the bin. Well, there's a janitor here and it's their job to clean. That's not the right answer. You don't make somebody's job purposefully harder than it needs to be. The more we recycle at home, I know it's an effort, but the more we do it at home, the less garbage that those people have to go through. So because we've done our part, it makes their job easier, and so they can get through even more. If they can only, there's only eight hours in a working day, so if they can only process, I'm just making up numbers right now, I have no idea what the real number is, but I'm just making this up. Say they can only get through... 10,000 bags of garbage in one day. That's all they have time to do. That's all the hours that they have. That's all that the facility is able to afford in man hours. I don't know. But because we have done our part, now we we have done sorting for 10,000 and they get to do sorting for an additional 10,000. But if we don't do our part, only 10,000 get sorted total. So doing our part really does help. And I just want to reiterate that every little bit that we do, it's going to be effort. And I get that. And you don't have to do every extreme end, but every little bit that you do adds up. And every little bit that hundreds and thousands of us do, that all adds up. And you have to focus on that. That's what makes it all worth it. Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about when we were doing our family get together for Labor Day, it came up that I had a podcast and my nephew, who's only five, six years younger than me. He said, oh, you have a podcast? I said, yes, yes, I do. Oh, what is it? So I told him it's starting sustainability. He looked it up, he subscribed, and he was just scrolling through, and he's like, what episode should I listen to? And then he goes, oh, I know. 
green vacationing and a huge fight with my husband. And my nephew says that, and my husband is standing right beside me, and my husband gets this look like, huh? What? What's that? His ears perked right up. <laughs> and of course, all my siblings laughed. <laughs> and so my husband said, "What? what's that about? I just looked at him and I said, oh, I thought you listened to my podcast. That was up a few weeks ago. So he was busted. I think he's going to start listening now. Now that he knows that I talk about him, he's going to start listening. It is helping all this sustainable effort. I know that sometimes my husband and I go toe-to-toe on sustainable initiatives and efforts. I'm for it. It's not that he's against it. He just doesn't want to do any extra work at all. And he wants to take the shortcut in life. That's for sure. But he did mention he was scrolling on his Facebook and I guess an ad came up for silicone Ziploc bags. And he'd mentioned, hey, hey, did you know about these silicone Ziploc bags? They're reusable Ziploc bags. You should check those out and you can mention them on your podcast. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, I did. But thank you for sharing. That's awesome. You know, my birthday's coming up soon. It would be great if you got me some. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So we're making progress. He's not 100% on board. He is very slowly getting there. But like I said, every little bit helps. I want to thank everybody for listening today. I know it was a whole bunch of mixed messages. I just had so much information that I wanted to share with you. So we just did a little mix match of it all. I hope you're able to follow along. I hope you got some good information out of this episode. If you want, you can check out the episode notes. They're at www.startingsustainability.com forward slash episode 12. And that's where you get all the links to all the information that we've talked about so far. I hope everybody has a great, wonderful rest of the day. If you're not a part of the Facebook group, it's called Starting Sustainability. You should check it out. We've got a lot of good stuff going on there. And I will talk to everybody next week. Have a great one.